Connect and experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. Art Saney, Radio for the Imagination, is a weekly show spotlighting the arts. And now your host, Paula Granquist. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination. Thanks for listening to the show that celebrates all things creating and stories. And today we've got some great stories. I can't wait to get started. But first I want to wish you a happy Friday the 13th. What beholds this day? Do you ascribe any meaning to this date? Or is it just another art zany Friday where anything is possible? We'll have to see what scaries come to you as you listen today. What kind of scare delights you? This is the season, of course, of Halloween and Dia de los Muertos and witches and goblins, walks in the dark woods, those waning daylight hours, stories around the campfire, or maybe some feasts at the kitchen table. I would love to know what your imagination conjured up from those prompts. Will you spend time in that imagined place today? Is, do you enjoy spookiness? I hope that you get to enjoy your imagination often because we need to explore those night nooks and sunshiny meadows. Stories are practice for meeting the world, and this play and engagement belong to us and empower us to live in the fullest human way. It's a gift to be able to access the possibilities. At a recent book talk with author Nathan Hill at Content Bookstore in Northfield, he talked about stories and why that matters. His new book, Wellness, explores the stories we tell ourselves and how they shape what we believe and how those beliefs build, shape, and constrict reality for us. It's really important to know how stories function. And my favorite part of the evening with Nathan Hill was when he talked about how technology is working in our lives and what's happening to technology. Think about the tools we use to measure our own wellness, scales and charts and step counters, blood tests, monitors, labels, websites. The technology we engage with may measure something and tell us a detail about our lives or present data to us, but those tools can't give meaning to our lives. Comparison charts and algorithms are just math. We need stories. So, can we teach technology to tell us about our lives and add meaning to our existence? Do we want to build this relationship with technology? It's something we're thinking about, and AI is certainly in the news, and it's talk we're all talking about how they create stories and art and music and movies, and how technology will be used in the creation of stories is being debated. How do we begin to understand this evolution? And then this was my favorite question of the night. Is the novel a technology that is outdated? Think about that. But Nathan Hill had the best, most beautiful response. He said that there is no better simulation to be in another person's head than through a book. 
and I will add, through a book or a story. It's a perfect technology. There's a kinesthetic experience for the reader, and entering this world helps us to build empathy for others. We need empathy for our fellow humans and connection to one another, and stories are how we do that. So I'm excited today. This is a very big day at, at Arts Annie Radio. We've got another crowd of people here. Um, welcome to Arts Annie Radio. We'll start with Russ Paladin. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Oh, you know what? That was my fault. I forgot to turn on your mic. So let's try again. Welcome to Arts Annie Radio. Thank you. Good morning. Perfect. I'm so excited to have you again. You've brought with you some goblins. That's exactly right. That's where we're starting, which is very exciting. And we are talking about the Northfield Arts Guild Lab theater production of Of Course There Are Ghosts. That's exactly right. Thank you, Paula. (laughs) Because that is what we should do on Friday the 13th. And performances, I want to remind people, are only this weekend. And so we need you to uh, make sure and mark your calendars for tonight, Friday the 13th at 730, and Saturday at 730 at the Arts Guild Theater. And so let's have our goblins introduce themselves. Who wants to begin? Let's have have those two share. My Uh, name's Aspen. And tell me about what grade you're in, and what what do you like about stories? Um, I'm in sixth grade, and what I really like about stories is that they give out details, and it can put a different pers- perspective with your world, and it just gives up a whole mind of new explorations that you can think about. That is really great. So you must be a good... Do you like to read? I love to read. I can tell, because you know about stories. And how about ghost stories? Where do they fit for you? I love ghost stories they're my absolute go-to I think that they're really good because um I just love seeing people's different ideas but I also just um love ghost stories because it gives out and it, it can be anything it can be scary it could be good they put out a lot of different ghost stories like there could be some for kids that are really good but then if you're more if you like scary things better then those are for you and I just really love I just like Halloween <laughs> and now this is the season so thank you for being on Arts Annie Radio I'm thrilled to have you today our next guest let's hear about your uh, goblin story hi um so basically I have I love scary stories too. I Tell think, us your name. Um, my name is Louisa. Louisa, welcome to Artsany Radio. That's okay. It's exciting. So <laughs> you also are a fan of, of ghost stories. Yes, I love ghost stories. Um, um, personally, I have been like interested in them since I've been like a little kid because my dad got this book. It's like scary stories for young foxes or something. Mm-hmm. It's really good, and I I read that one when I was little. And then I got interested in, like, sort of more, like, advanced books. And they're just so interesting because some of them are, like, about, like, like ghosts, like, moving things around. And some are, like, like without, like, seeing them, though. Like, you know. Oh. And personally, R.L. Stein is a really good author I love. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's really funny. And he has, like, hundreds of stories. There's yeah. you, If you read, you, you can keep reading if you enter into his world. So that's exciting. Welcome to the show. And we have another third goblin here. Tell us your story. Hi, my name's Olga, and I'm in fifth grade. I like ghost stories, but I'm not as big of a fan as the, of them as they are. Uh, and 
Um, I like them because they're just like I like kind of like things that like books about like things that are not real, but they're the author writes them so that you could believe they're actually real, and those are just really fun to like imagine like. Like right now, I'm reading a book, Keeper of the Lost Cities, and it's it's about like elves, but they like hide under force fields so you can't see them. Mm-hmm. So it like makes you think that could be real, like they could actually be here, and I just love that kind of thing. And that's like where ghost stories, that's like what they do. Right. Because you can't see them, that means that it's a possibility. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's like a variation. There's, that's the nice thing about ghost stories is there's a whole range. They can be funny. They can be spooky. They can be creepy. They can, you know, cover the, the grounds. And so, Russ, how did you pick this, these uh, particular stories? There are three that are going to be presented. And the goblins are in which story? Okay, so the the goblins are in the entire show oh. as goblins, and they uh, they recite some poems <clears throat> that are interspersed between the three stories, but they actually have roles in the third story, if I'm getting that right, which is an an M R James classic ghost story called A Whistle and I'll Come to You, My Lad, mm. and they play the chambermaids in that story, which uh, it was adapted for the stage a certain way because in the story it's a chambermaid but these guys did such a terrific job at auditions that I had to split it up so that they all got lines um, that's the joy you can do in an experimental yep. like this you can play with it a bit exactly um, how did I select the stories I wanted to go to maybe some stories that were a little bit lesser known than uh, than uh, people might uh, might run across typically even people who are in the genre like these guys were saying they enjoy ghost stories and a lot of people do and suspense and horror stories but a lot of them have been done as radio plays mm-hmm. or or on stage and i just i kind of wanted to do something that maybe people even versed in the genre had not really heard of so for example the first story notebook found on a deserted farm i'll talk with people who read these stories like i do and i'll say have you ever read this story by robert block and they'll say no I have yet to run across a person who brought the idea to me. I'm always telling someone else about the story, so to kind of put I those stories out there. That one even has a title that makes you kind of like get it's a kind of a shiver. shivery title, yes. Like you said, a walk in the dark woods kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It all figures into that story very much. Yes, that's very exciting. And so, for this, um, tell us how you have transformed yourselves into becoming a goblin. What are the the ways that may, make your, you become goblinesque? Well, for me personally, maybe not for the other people, but how we all said we loved ghost stories, we have a perspective of that, like we could think of things. But Mm -hmm. what I love about acting is that you can always add on to your character and you can think of it in a way you think of it. Sometimes it's not going to work, but most of the time it will. Mm -hmm. And so how I got into my goblin character was I thought, what was one of your favorite creepy books you read? And... I can't remember the title of it, but it it was about ghosts and goblins. And there was a part in it that it kind of said lurking. And I mm. recognized that in the script. And I thought, well, what would be que- creepy if you went up to the audience? I thought it'd be co- super cool to kind of like go around the sets 
and just kind of like creep around it, go under things, stuff like that. Um, so be hidden a bit. That's a good. Because in the thing, one of the, um, one of the people, Willie is his name in the character. In the character, um, he says, in the woods, there's always something. It feels like they're about to snatch you up. There's something in the woods. Ooh. So that's what I kind of thought of it as. That's a good line. That's a great example. Thank you. I, I'm already like excited to see how this is going to develop. And how about for you, Louisa? Um, well, for me, I sort of thought like it because I've been to a lot of plays, too. And so I thought like if I was in the audience, what would scare me? Like mm. what would make me like sort of like jump in my seat, you know? <laughs> and so I thought like sort of like being very like low and crouched down and going very slowly and then like at random times making sudden movements, just like small ones that like only some people will notice if they're looking right at you. And it'll just scare them, like, out of their way. It'll be great. I'm so excited. Yeah, so you create that tension in the room, like, like anticipatory. Maybe there's something going to happen, and then all of a sudden it does, and you're like, oh, no, it happened, and you're not sure what it is. That is yeah. also great, because I'm not sure I, I've ever seen a goblin. So you guys get to – well, they're right here in front of me now, but uh, but you're not – you're, you're – uh, in, working your way towards your character what was important for you Olga in being on the stage and learning about uh, being in a, a ghost story well for me for a goblin when I got the part as a goblin Russ drew some pictures and sent them to me so I kind of got to see like we didn't we don't look exactly like them but we won't. No, but, right, because um, you're your like, own goblin. Yeah, it oh. just showed some pictures of, like, some, like, crouching down or something and, like, creeping about. So I kind of based it off of that, like, going low and, like, kind of slow and, like, get, you know, just kind of, like, looking a little bit mischievous because then if you're, because usually people don't know what you're going to do if you look like that, and so they're kind of little bit nervous so that I think that just kind of helps with just like the vibe I guess and like Louisa and Aspen said like um just kind of like being a little bit hidden and kind of like yeah that's a great thing to think about. And one thing I learned in this is that um, there's both adults and kids in the production, but that the um, kids probably have more theater experience than the adults, which is a, an interesting is how does that play for you as a director? Um, it was an interesting contrast. Um, before I forget, though, uh, each goblin has their own goblin name. Oh, I didn't so, realize. Okay. And when they were cast as goblins, like Olga mentioned the pictures, um, I told them that a goblin was sort of a cross between a black cat and a gargoyle and a bat. Ooh. So uh, c can we get them to say their goblin names? Each each has an individual goblin name. Of course. Name. Okay, we, uh, we can reveal that if that's all right for the show. That's fine. Okay. Let's, let's hear. Who is your goblin, Aspen? My goblin name is Rune. Mmm, that's an excellent name. Um, my goblin name is Doppelganger. <laughs> I love what you're doing with that. Yeah. <laughs> and Olga? My goblin name is Shoggoth. Ooh, that's a word I don't know. Med appears in the story. 
Oh, so you took from the story. Yeah. Well, I selected their goblin names kind of based on their auditions. Okay. That's terrific. And and that makes it even more fun than the characters have names and they get to have personalities. and. And you were talking a little bit about how it is that this is a mixed production with adults and kids. Yes. And that um, how how did you approach that? Tell us the the it's it's a big cast. Yeah, it's a pretty sizable cast. I want to say twelve cast members, and then everybody, kids and adults uh, together, have stepped up have stepped up in other ways too. So, for example, um, Rob Thompson, who is Louise's dad. Um, I gave the job of moving the set pieces around because we were a little chaotic about how we were moving things and I said, we need one person to do this and Rob seemed to be on top of it so he got that job so I let him do that job. It does take a whole team to make a show, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, and, and I, you know, he directs the others in doing that and that's fine. And then Kate Stewart is our uh, stage manager and costume designer. You know her? I do, and she's an incredible costume the, designer. Yep, just the, the best. The production wouldn't look anything like it does were it not for Kate's involvement. Woohoo, Kate! Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I, I want to know um, from the kids then, since you have experience, what is it you love about theater and um, what... What makes um, this production, what, what should we say to our audience so they make sure and see this production of, of, uh, of course there are ghosts? Um, what I personally love about theater is that um, theater, everybody has this sort of energy that nobody else has around you. And it's this super cool thing where you can laugh all of a sudden if you do something wrong, but it's, like, it's super funny. Mm. And I love that all the members of theater, they all have their own personality, which makes it even better to learn about. Um, What I also love about theater is being on stage. I love listening and just sitting there. I love just seeing plays. I don't even have to be in them just to love them because... Plays are just something, it's revolving off of a story, kind of like a movie. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a little better because you get to see it live and you actually know the people and you can go talk to them afterwards. Theater is just this awesome thing for community. I couldn't have said that better. That's just uh, marvelous. Uh, and, and I love how enthusiastic you are. You're going to have a long trajectory of roles and parts and uh, being, I can see theater in your future. Thank you. That was beautiful. And what is it that you, how many productions have you been in and what, what is it that you love? Oh my gosh, I've been in so many productions. See, these kids do have more experience <laughs> than the adults. Yes, they yeah. do. Even this um, one. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've been in like a lot of productions by the Guild. The, I love the Guild. And what I love about theater is like, you know, when you're watching a movie, you just like sort of are like just taking up some time, just, you know, like relaxing with like maybe a friend or something. But in theater, you get to be like be there in the experience and it all seems so real. And like all of the people in theater, they're not afraid to go on stage. They they love the like they love like who they can be, and like they're not like scared of what people are gonna think. Because in theater, it's just theater. You're pretending to be somebody else, so mm-hmm. nobody's gonna question what you do. <laughs> they're just they're just gonna think like, oh yep, that's that's how the story goes. 
And so if even if you like mess up, for example, if you mess up your line, like then the audience doesn't know that's your line. Mm-mm. No, they they just think that's just the story. And, and you'll have a partner yeah. actor who will be able to jump in mm-hmm. and like you know redirect or get you back on track. Yeah, it's like a team. It's like so wonderful just to like experience that because then you just like are sort of just like in the experience. I love it. I can tell, and I bet everybody loves being with you because of all that enthusiasm on the stage and to be able to (laughs) share that, and it's infectious. And so I think you also, I can tell if you want to keep going with theater, we've got some great productions in our future that we're going to be able to see. So folks should come see this production and and get to know these Mm -hmm. uh, delightful and talented actors. Absolutely. And how about for for you... um, We've got one more. Olga, we were talking about what it is that theater gives you and um, how much theater experience do you have? Um, I have a lot of theater experience. I think I've been in, like, uh, uh, I think this is my, like, sixth or seventh show. Wow. And so what keeps you coming back? Why do you keep um, coming into the theater? Well, I really like it. It's just so, like, I like it just, like, getting a part and then, like, I've always liked acting out, like, charades or mm-hmm. something. And it's just so fun to, like, move your body but still have, like, a character. Like, a thing that you have to stick with but not, like you have to do this exact thing and then this exact thing after that. You can kind of just, like, branch it out a little bit. And it's just really fun to, like... Because you get different characters with different personalities every time you do, like, a play. And it's just fun because, like, one play, you might be, like, a little girl with her mom. And then in another play, you could just be, like a devil's minion (laughs) and just it's just really fun to have the variety of characters that you get to play and it's just so exciting when you audition it's like the suspense of like which character you're gonna get Mm -hmm. yeah and so i can tell too that you just have this great thoughtfulness to your characters and uh really inspired by how you can bring that sense of play to each role that you take and again i think you're gonna also have a long career we've got some you know uh future uh cast members in in great productions and i can't wait to see you're very lucky to be able to uh, be around these these talented kids. Uh, yes, very much so. Um, I wonder if we could do one of two things. Um, I'd like these guys to recite a little bit from the play. It won't be long. If that's okay with them, I'd be yeah. nervous about that. But um, okay. oh, they're not nervous. They're they're, t- they're they're more experienced than I am. Okay. Do you, <laughs> Does do anyone guys, have a line or do you guys? Two? Do you guys want to do? Yeah, let's do one of two things. Do you guys want to do either? The Goblin Laugh, or do you want to recite Black and Gold? It's up to you guys. I think we should do Black and Gold, because the Goblin Laugh isn't really like... Yeah, and I think you guys have that memorized. Yeah. Yeah, The poetry readings, they read from a a prepared uh, script in a folder, but this one I think they have memorized. So I'll give you guys the beat, okay? Okay. On four, okay? So one, two, three, four, and then go. Okay, ready? Black and gold, black and gold, nothing in between. 
When the world turns black and gold, then it's Halloween. That was only like the end of Yeah, that was... That That's was the end is. of the poem because the poem's kind of long. Yep. I'm like mesmerized by that. And also th- now I'm like, I got like little shivers. Got goosebumps? Yeah. yeah. That's good. Because um, that's a super cool With thing. The shivers. That's to good. Think about what might be happening and what this show is, folks. This is the Northfield Arts Guild production. It's, it's part of their um, series at the, oh, where are my notes? Here we go. It's the um, Lab Theater production. That's exactly right. Lab Theater series. And so um, folks can get information at the Northfield Arts Guild website under um, Arts Theater and then Lab to get the details. And there are tickets that are available online. Tickets are $15. Yep. Performances are tonight, Friday the 13th, and then again on Saturday, both at 730. And that's at the Northfield Arts Guild Theater. And I would guess you're going to want to get your tickets early. Because uh, it might sell out. Just in case. Just in case. I, I wouldn't wait till the last minute. No, right. no. Sometimes you can, but not for something as fabulous as this. No. <laughs> and Well said, Paula. Of course, of course. And how scary is this? I need to, for myself, because I, I, okay, Olga needs to, to, to what do you want to say? I wanted to say that the first, po- um, not, the first story is like, the scariest, mm. and then I think it's the last one, second scariest, and then the one in the middle is least scariest. So there's something for everybody. Yeah, yeah it's like the first one is a notebook found on a deserted farm, and it's kind of like these officers who find a notebook on a deserted farm. It's basically like the story is them reading from the notebook, so it makes it kind of like scarier because like, this guy, this person, like wrote it, and you're like re-experiencing it, mm-hmm. and, and so it's like like a story within a story. Yeah. Ooh, I yeah. love it. And uh, fun fact: uh, the author Robert Block of the original story, which is called "Notebook Found in a Deserted House," is actually the author of the novel Psycho, ooh, the famous. That's no, that's too film. scary yeah. for me. Yeah. So no, I that one we didn't do. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Oh, you wanted to jump in. Both of you, because we got to wrap up here. So go ahead and jump in and tell us what's on your mind. Um, I have to agree with you there, Olga. The first one is kind of scary because there's a lot of voiceovers in pitch black mm. in the dark. Yep. And you're kind of wondering what's going to happen next. But for me, I think the one that kind of s- made me jump the most is the third one. Because there's a demon following this person named, can't remember his name. Professor, Professor Mains. Because mm. um, he rejected this paper of Carswell. And there's this ghost that just kind of follows him. If, and there's like this cast of a curse. I think that's what it is. And I think that one has to be the scariest. But I do think the first one is scary so so it sets us up for a whole night Um, and Louisa you want to add something yeah um so basically in the first one it's like sort of scary in a way that you're like what is going on and like it like sort of just like leaves you on like a cliffhanger Mm. and then at the end it's like um I'm not gonna spoil anything but there is like 
a part where you're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen now? And, and then it just ends. Mm. Yeah, then it just ends. Mm. And so you're like, oh my gosh. And then the second one is sort of like funny scary. Sort of like mysterious a little bit more, but it's very funny. Um, and I think Russell plays the role very well. And Thank you, Louisa. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, and like it's like sort of like funny scary because there's like this mysterious bird cage and mm-hmm. like the guest won't tell anything so we got to find it's out what's super go- mysterious going on there's so much to be excited about for this night and mm-hmm. oh do you have one more thing to add yeah uh, um if you're planning to go see the show i don't think uh, if you have like a tiny kid like mm. you know like a younger kid i don't think they should see that one cuz one it's kind of like it's pretty scary and two there's some stuff that I don't think they should see. So, yeah, for kids that like scary stories and are okay knowing being super scared, that yeah, would be... Yeah, but there's also a gun in it, so it's not loaded or anything. Oh, it's good. Just... It's a prop gun. <laughs> yeah. Of course. But it just might look a little bit. Yeah, that's a good warning that's, so that folks know that that might be something that's not appropriate for their family. But um, in general, I would assume it's if you like to be scared, you can come. They're family-friendly scares. Yes. Well, this is, I could talk for all hour with all of you delightful folks and goblins. We get a second set of guests that are going to come in. But I'm going to have Louisa tell us because I told him about the song I'm going to play. It's from the Okie Dokie Brothers, and it's called Jackalope. But you told me you have tell me a, a connection to jackalopes. Um, oh, yeah. So at my house, we have this, like, mini, like, statue thing, which are, except for it's, like, furry. Um, and it's a jackalope, and it's, like, sort of, like, creepy, but at the same time, almost, like, cute. And then one of its ears fell off, and it became very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's a story you could write about that. Yeah, definitely. And we'll listen to what the Okie Dokie Brothers has. Oh, go ahead, one more thing. Yeah, um, I just wanted to say yeah, that the Okie Dokie Brothers, uh, um... Are, I love them, too. Yeah, <laughs> they're really good, and... Me and Louisa are in a choir together, and we sang with them last year at the middle school. I'm so jealous. They're so fantastic. So let's put on that song. We're going to switch out the studios. Russ is coming back for the second round. We'll have another set of guests on Arts Any Radio. Hang with us. We'll be right back. This is Jackalope from the Okie Dokie Brothers. 95.1, the one station where you won't hear the same songs hour after hour.
It's almost like it don't exist at all They're only seen between midnight and two On leap years beneath a blue moon When it's hot on the tundra And snowing in the desert On the 31st of June Well, I've seen them in books And in taxidermy shops I've seen them hanging on the wall But I ain't never seen one in the living light of day It's almost like they don't exist at all Yeah, it's almost like they don't exist at all Exciting here in the Arts Annie Radio studio. We are coming back with a second set of guests who are also a part of this Arts Guild Lab Theater production of Of Course There Are Ghosts. And this is the Evening of Fear 2. I wanted to get that in because, Russ, you've done, you did this, was it last year? This is now... Oh, sorry. My, I'm terrible. I did that twice to you. <laughs> this is now six years. It was 2017. Can you believe that? It was pre-pandemic. It I, I remember it. Yep, I remember it. It feels like it was just the other other day. It, that doesn't it though? It was Rachel Hyder and yes. myself. Yep. So and, and, a, and a shout out, a little quick shout out to Rachel for her help with this too. She's, she's, a, she's an, always another there. amazing resource yep. in our community for all things Very theater so. and extremely talented. And um, if you don't know her, you need to get to know her if you're interested in theater because she has all kinds of things happening. Yes. And so, well, why don't we have you start with introductions so people, folks can get to know you. You're also a part of this night of, of course, there are ghosts. Let's start over here and tell us a little bit about yourself, your grade, uh, what you uh, love about theater, and maybe ghost stories, too. Ooh. Uh, my name is Dominic Gill. I play both Cousin Upton in the first play and Professor Maines in the third play. Uh, not currently in a grade. I graduated from Northfield in 2020. Uh, still waiting to go to school, probably. What I like about theater? Man, um, probably just the exploration of character, showing story instead of just telling. Um, it's always been a great challenge, great opportunity, something I felt I'm more naturally good at compared to other things um mm-hmm. and yeah just a great time all around yeah and what are some of the other productions that you've been in or or what um you know what are you what are you excited about for this play too so um i've done several shows through the high school i did our town i did you can't take it with you oh, the middle are... school i played uh the giver 
in The Giver, which was very exciting. Mm-hmm. Lots of YPT, Prairie Fire Theater. Um, so you do bring a wealth of experience. Yeah, there yeah. Were, I can't believe this, that, that this is the show with adults that have less experience. <laughs> you kids have been doing amazing things. And that, uh, I think, is one of the best parts of it is the fact that we're all kind of different levels, different experience, and still managing to produce. And, and I say kid because, you know, there's a the age difference yeah. here. So <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> For sure. It gets bigger every mm-hmm. year, I think. Yeah. And so that's wonderful. Yeah, it's it, awesome. How do you think um, you're uh, – I would imagine there's a lot of, like, helping of each other in mm-hmm. the production. And so uh, what are some of the things that so – with your experience, you've been able to help some of the other uh, folks in the production? I mean, just little things. hasn't been, like, addressing the entire group. I mean, just – like Isaac and I sort of just say, like, hey, that was really good. Make sure we hit this. Make sure we get to our timing, get our timing on time. Um, I know I gave Rob a, uh, uh, some advice on how to memorize, which I usually just uh, say all my lines into my voice memos app on my phone, and then when I'm at work, I just listen to it, try and memorize. So little things here and there like that. That's a really good tip because I think for me that would be the most frightening part about it is to try to have everything up here and then, you know, you're also thinking about cues, like you said, you're lining up and projecting and uh, facial expression. I mean, there's just like a lot that goes into it. Um, you, you look like you're going to add something there, Russ. Uh. Oh, no, he's exactly right. Um, everybody has their different method for memorizing lines. I have two roles in the show, and I don't always get my lines exactly right in rehearsals either. And these guys will tell you I'm always saying, I wrote it. Why can't I memorize my lines? <laughs> and but it, it, in the end run, it works, mm-hmm. whatever method you use. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Let's um, have uh, either of you jump in and tell us a little bit about yourselves. So oh. You can lift it up Is so that, it? yeah, so you're more comfortable. Oh, it doesn't want to. <laughs> or maybe not. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, hello, my name is Crystal Woida, and I play in the second story as Professor Merchant, and I am currently a college student, and what I love about theater is, well, um, I'm kind of just pursuing acting right now, so I'm kind of just getting my toes wet, and I don't really... Um, have like too much of experience so it's kind of my first time and I definitely want to start getting to the acting career so but I love about is like everyone coming together um, experimenting the art of just kind of everything and um, just kind of just playing and just kind of playing as like someone else and just kind of like yeah just acting Well, welcome. It's very exciting to have you. Tell us which which of the colleges we're blessed with two in in town. Yeah. So I actually go to Normandale Community College. Yeah. Which is a fantastic college. Mm-hmm. I my mom is a graduate of there, and uh, my husband went there for a little while, and we have a lot of connections in our family to that school, and it's well, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so we're lucky to, that you're uh, com- commuting and coming back mm-hmm. and being a part of this production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to ask you some questions afterwards because I love that college. <laughs> sure. Let's see. I mean, and we have another guest, so let's hear a little bit about your story. <clears throat> okay. My name is Jessa, and I am an eighth grader at the Northfield Middle School. Um, I've been, I have been tech for three shows now. Wow. My first was Newsies Junior last winter. Yay! That was so awesome. And then. I think in the spring I did the light board for my mom's, the 
play my mom directed called Moms. Was that Moms the Musical? Mm-hmm. Which I think was one of the, if you missed that, folks, you were missing something spectacular. It was extraordinary. The, the talent in this town with the, the singing, the acting, the stories, it got you at every level. So um, you have some really great solid footing there for uh, being a part of the technical crew, which is, I think, really challenging. How did you, how did you decide that's the area you wanted to specialize in? For years, my mom worked as like she ran lights and sound for for like the schools mm. and i kind of enjoy it i prefer to be backstage than on stage and it takes both uh i had a, a my son and daughter were in one um art skilled production and one was tech one was on the stage and they would always talk they were really little and they talked about how you know they would battle over who was more important and i kept trying to tell them <laughs> you can't have a play without both <laughs> it's really essential and so tell me about creating the mood for this story and what are some of the because in a ghost story i think you've got some opportunities for kind of playing a bit and um, setting things up so what have you done with the technical things with sound and lights and music um can you preview a little bit for our, our audience we've with the lights we kind of made it look a little bit more spooky with like red and a little bit of like a leaf type Ooh. picture and it's really cool so the fall kind of embracing that uh spirit of what's happening in october and uh, how did you tell us? I, I guess I've never been up to the booth in the Arts Guild Theater. So what would I see if I were to walk up there? Um, half of the... <laughs> you might bump your head. Everybody not. <laughs> yeah. Half of the counter is the light board. Okay. And then on the other half is where the spotlight and the sound is. So there's three people up there usually. So it can get a little cramped. I would think so, yeah, because it's not a big space. It's like a little, uh, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Just like a little treehouse kind of up up there. And uh, so that, that's a really important part of the play. And I'm very excited because I think that getting that experience is is really important in this uh, Northfield Arts Guild. We should talk a little bit about that, the um, way that they do um these these allow you to do the productions that are a little outside. I know sometimes it's called a black box. Um, this is the lab theater, and so I know that this is um, something that's that's really important to the arts guild because it's dedicated to both experimenting and supporting, and kind of trying playing a little bit. So tell us how you decided to put these shows on uh, rest for the lab theater. So I wasn't sure if there was going to be a middle school production because. Again, we're going back to when the pandemic threw everything yes. up, up in the air. So we were actually two years in a row with a middle school production, which is not the norm. It's typically one year on, one year off. And on our off years, it's rock and roll revival. Okay. So getting back to quote unquote normal, this year is the rock and roll revival year. So I still wanted to do a show that uh, middle schoolers and kids could be part of. So I approached the Guild about doing another lab since I'd done the first one back in 2017. And um, and they agreed. So I had a script, <clears throat> excuse me, um, more or less prepared, which I worked on over the summer and then presented it to them. And uh, And the lab continues to grow as you 
rehearse. So again, mm-hmm. everybody adds to it. These guys have all added to it. All the cast and crew have added to it and come up with their ideas, which is not typical with other shows. They, those things happen, but not on a near constant basis. There's a set script and you follow it. And in this one, it's evolving almost every step of the way. Yeah, I do have a question for the actors then, because I think it's really interesting that um, you're creating the, a ghost story. And y- so you you when you first read it, I bet you feel what the audience feels, right? That, that sort of like, oh my gosh, that's so creepy, or that's funny, or that's, you know, you, you get that feeling, but then you have to recreate that every time you do it. So how, let's, let's start with Dominic. How do you um, bring that to the stage, you know, bring that, that sense of um, whatever the tone for that, for that production is? Yeah. Well, um, it's really exciting because it's something I'm not used to. Um, mm. The horror genre, certainly not something, I'll admit, is my first choice in reading, um, <laughs> but uh, it's been very exciting. It's been something I've not expected, and as it, um, as um, we talk about setting the tone, it's sort of just make sure I'm understanding uh, how to say the lines. Um, you know, I'm not used to, say, I have sort of a dramatic scene in the third show, and I'm not <laughs> used to... Um, doing a theatrical scream or something like that. So just making sure I hit those marks is probably the best way of describing how to prepare for it, I guess. Yeah, that, that feels like that would be a big challenge to be on stage. What, what have you learned um, about that, Crystal? And um, what, are, what do you tell us about your role and what kind of scary you have to inhabit for, for, the, for your character? That's a tough one. Without giving it a whole <laughs> okay. basically it's the seconds like, about like fortune and luck and I have to bring a whole I won't say um antagonist but like kind of a um a strong like masculine um kind of like mean um, a vibe to it kind of like oh like oh yeah you have to be tough then (laughs) tough like kind of manipulative in a way kind of like a grumpy Person. And I've only met you once, but I feel like that would be you're n- not your not who yeah. you are. So, yeah, it's definitely a whole shift because I'm like, oh, because I'm like, yeah, happy. So it's like really fun to like experience. Like, oh, how can I be so like mean and like gets this a, like a grumpy tone and manipulative, like lie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what theater can do. You yeah, can get to absolutely. be inhabit that person and like imagine that that's mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. Now that she mentions it, now that Crystal mentions it, yeah, her role is kind of a fine line to walk. It's kind of a mysterious character. I won't give away any more than that. That's the Mm. hard part about theater, too, especially when you want to scare people. You don't want to say too much because you want people to, you know, be surprised by what's coming. Right. But then we work so hard on it, we want to tell everybody what it is. So I'll stop there. (laughs) And um, how do you um, practice, you, you know, being you want to scare the audience, but when you're rehearsing, you don't have anybody there to scare. It's just yourselves. So how does that work when you're doing rehearsals? What have you learned to do to bring that to life and make that something you can repeat? It it seemed instinctive in rehearsals. We would all tell each other whether something worked or not. Again, everybody kind of taking on different roles. So for example, there's a confrontation in the first story notebook found on a deserted farm between myself and Dominic, which it didn't look this anywhere near what it looks like now when we started. 
but now it's to a point where it's you know it's very convincing and the other cast members and crew would say yes it's very convincing or no that's not going to work that way um and then there were other things um so it's very collaborative crystals for example we went over how she would enter how she would exit like what, how she moves yes what tone mm. of voice she should use yes all those things came up and if they didn't work we you know that doesn't work and then People were like, can we try this? Can we try that? And since it is a lab, I would do this anyway. But since it is a lab, we just, you know, go ahead and try whatever works. And if it works, we keep it. So uh, don't analyze, utilize. Ooh, yeah. That's a good good yeah. advice from the director. And uh, what do you think makes a good ghost story? And let's start with you, Jessa. Um, sometimes. Because you're up there observing and you get to, you know, be kind of, the powers <laughs> of bringing this to life without you we wouldn't see them on the stage <laughs> sometimes it's the actors that make it scary sometimes it's the sound sometimes it's the lights um but there's parts of it where there's like screaming and <laughs> there are occasions when it makes me jump oh <laughs> even though you've seen it mm-hmm. see, that's a good show that's a really good show and what have you learned about ghost stories and and um what do you um, you know, want the p- audience to know uh, why they should come to this production. They should definitely come because it brings a lot of suspense into it. Definitely the creepy sounds and then like whole like pausing and like it gets quiet and then like probably like jump scare boom and then it's just yeah, definitely like jump scares and then definitely feels that adrenaline. So like it definitely like feels like whoo. So definitely a worthwhile to. Yeah, I don't want to miss the show. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned, Dominic, about ghost stories? Because you said you, that's not generally the the genre that you would gravitate towards. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to refer back to what Russ said in terms of, you know, we do have a pretty uh, intense scene in the first show. I would say I'm definitely the antagonist of the of the first show. And it's interesting because it's like performing comedy. You never know if it's going to land if you don't have an audience. Oh, that's true. That's a good comparison. Yeah. I would, I would think, yeah, it feels kind of awkward in the moment when you're practicing and there's no one to tell you, Oh my gosh, or no one to, as Crystal said, like feel the suspense, be uncomfortable. And so I would say, um, we'll see. We'll see. And I look forward to it. (laughs) And then the third story, and the third story, where, yes. Without, again, giving too much away, he mentioned there's a part where there's a scream, <clears throat> excuse me, where he's not used to doing that. And then that scene was followed in rehearsals almost all the time by everybody laughing. Yes. And I kept saying, get it out now, guys, because you can't do it during the show. Yeah, the laughter and the uh, ghost stories sometimes mm-hmm. go together, but... You, they're, they're linked in, in kind of an odd way. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited about this production. Any last notes you want to give us or encouragement to the audience to make sure and get their tickets, which you can go to northfieldartsguild.org, arts theater and lab, and there's a link right there. You can also probably go downtown to the building with the Purple Door on Division Street or to the theater would be your last resort, the night of the productions, which are Friday the 13th tonight at 7.30 and Saturday the 14th at 7.30. But I don't know. It seems like it's going to sell out. So you may not want to wait too long to get your tickets. So you can hop on the internet right now. Take care of that. Anything anyone wants to add? Come see it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> How about for you, Crystal? Yeah, I definitely come see it. Yes, definitely. 
I think this is going to be a fun one. And um, what do you, what are you looking forward to? And what do you want? Because you get to see it. What do you want to tell people about what to expect about how exciting it is this production? You can definitely see how much work they've all put into it, and how all of them have kind of come together and created new friendships. That is that comes through to the audience. People can see that, and if you're having fun and working well together, that shows through, and that makes for a great production. Well, I want to thank all of my guests for being here today. In the first group, I had Russ with Olga and Louisa and Aspen. They were spectacular goblins. You'll want to see them. This group, we I want to thank uh, Dominic and Crystal and Jessa and, of course, Russ for, for being here, the director and creator of the show as you have adapted these stories for the stage. And I can't wait to see the production. Thank you for having us on. You're thank welcome. You. Happy Friday the 13th to everyone. That's right. Exactly. And Folks, you know what I just realized? I just realized I didn't tell you guys that the, the Okie Dokie Brothers are also in town this weekend. And the good thing is their shows are in the afternoon. So you could maybe do both. On the 14th, they are at the Cedar Cultural Center at 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. And then on the 15th at the Sheldon Theater in Red Wing, 3 o'clock. And both of those shows are bilingual Spanish-English show with Sonia de los Santos and... Oh, my goodness. I'm just such a big fan. But the main thing I wanted to tell you about is that there will be a show April 6th at the Northfield Middle School at 3 p.m. All the details haven't been announced, so kind of pencil that in. Keep checking okidoki.org for all the details so that you can find your tickets. And I want to thank everybody for being here, folks. I love telling the stories. hope you find the time to enjoy your imagination. And, of course, always remember to add some art zany to your life. In the meantime, till next time, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. Rock, blues, reggae, alt country, Americana, jazz, pop, it's all good on 95.1. The One. The One.